Hello and welcome to another Perusia podcast. I'm Shabal Race, your host, and I'm excited with our guest today, uh, the founder of Children's Rosary, an international movement we're going to learn more about. Her name is Blythe Kaufman, and she joins me from the States right now. Hello, Blythe. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, we originally connected, uh, I think, in the last uh, year or so, year and a half, um, learning more about your apostolate. Um, and I thought, this is great. You know, it, it seemed like a very you know, beautiful concept, you know, children's rosary. And I thought, that's great. But I didn't realize how um, much of a movement it is. It's around the world. Uh, I understand in 40 countries now. And, and uh, we're going to unpack a bit about it. But yeah, it's just amazing. Uh, yeah, the work you've been involved in. And I'm excited for our listeners and viewers to learn more about what you've been up to. Well, thank you so much. Yes. Uh, well, the Children's Rosary began in 2011, so we're just finishing up 11 years, and uh, for a year and a half, it it was just one group in one parish, and I mean, I guess I should back up and just see, you know, in terms of how did this start and my own role in it. Yes. Um, as a as a young person, I went to a Catholic school, and I was involved with my church. I would like be, you know, serve the food to the priests at my rectory. I went to World Youth Day in the United States uh, in Denver. Uh, but once I got into my 20s, I really became a lukewarm Catholic. So I, I was going to always going to Sunday Mass, but uh, in between Sunday Mass, I really wasn't praying much. And I was going to dental school to become a dentist. And then I went on for further training to become an endodontist, which is doing root canals and surgeries. And so uh, right around when I turned 30, I was in private practice. I had I was, had been married for about four years to my husband, who I met in medical school. So he's a doctor and we purchased a home. And by all accounts, we were you know doing well. Um, I found out that um, we were expecting a child. But in the midst of this, I was having more medical problems. So I was having dislocations in my, my hands. Um, and here I'm working with my hands all day as a dentist. And I'm, I'm getting all these injuries and it for someone at age 30, it just didn't seem to make a lot of sense. And so I ended up seeing a geneticist who said, um, yeah, you, ultimately I was diagnosed with this kind of rare genetic condition um, that really presents and starts to you start to deteriorate in your 20s and 30s. It's a collagen yeah. defect. And basically you're made wrong in the sense of there's a defect in your collagen and you're very flexible when you're young, but you start to get joint instability, dislocations. There's a lot of interior organ problems, bleeding problems, different, all sorts of things throughout your body. And he said, well, we don't really recommend pregnancy, but I was already pregnant. So he said, you're going to see a, probably a very steep decline postpartum. And that's ultimately what came to pass. So I started dislocating joints in my back, my ribs. If I was laying on my side, I was having problems walking, even just yeah, more than say, across a room. <laughs> I couldn't yeah, stand wow. for all the parts of mass. Uh, so for a couple of years, I really was having a lot of problems walking and I had was losing more and more use of my hands. Um, so I started to lose a lot of functions. I couldn't drive anymore. I couldn't open a refrigerator. My husband had to put my shoes on. And um, all the while, you know, I was thinking, I'm going to figure this out. Like I'm going to find a specialist. I don't need, you know, I don't need to pray about this. I just need to find the right person. Uh, Cause that's with my whole science background. It's like, this is, there's gotta be an answer. Yeah. And so I kind of bought things for a long time. And then um, really, I just was the Lord really worked me over to the point where I was, I really 
compare myself to a puddle. I mean, I was like the lowest possible place I could possibly be. I had so many injuries. I had a frozen shoulder. I couldn't move my arm much. So my hair was all like matted. I physically, I didn't look, you know, I felt like I didn't, my whole appearance had deteriorated. Um, and I, how long, how long was this by the way? How long did this last? So you were in Well, I mean, this was some years. I mean, this was years of deterioration, like two or three years. And, wow. and I should long. say most of the functions that I'm mentioning, I can't do, I still can't do. So my husband still puts my shoes on. I still can't drive. Um, I still can't, my, my kids open the refrigerator. I can't open the door to get into our house. I mean, I am completely dependent on everyone. If I didn't live with my husband and my kids, I probably would be needing to have an assisted living. I'm that dependent on people. So I look completely normal, but the Lord really brought me, you know, to almost be almost like a child, like where I need to help of everyone to help me with doing everything. But this was something really, that was a big struggle for me because I grew up kind of with this idea of standing on my own two feet. I've got to be able to provide for myself. It was just something very deeply ingrained in myself. And so when I finally hit rock bottom, I went to confession and it had been a good long, long time since I got a confession. And I was just pouring everything out. And I remember crying and I was actually blowing my nose and dislocated my hand. And I thought, what a pathetic situation. I can't even cry about how bad I am. And, and it was at that confession that just hope started to pour back into my heart. And I was pretty hopeless at that point. And so hope came back and I started to go to daily mass through a lot of praying. I asked the Lord that if I become strong enough that I could walk to my local church. And I eventually was able to do that. So I started going to daily mass and then I started praying the rosary. Um, my medical condition was such that we ended up adopting two older children because having children myself wasn't going to be possible. So we ended up adopting two children from an orphanage in Kazakhstan. And so now we're a family of five. And it was then we started praying the rosary as a family, um, the, the children and I. And uh, and then a call from help for help came from our parish priest. And this is where we kind of begin where the children's rosary sort of fits in. Is can, that, can I um, jump yeah, in there? Can I jump in? So you have uh, um, two, two adopted children. So that what you were pregnant, you were saying, did... Um, so you have one child of your own? Did you have, we have one yeah. natural child against the doctor's orders? Yeah, <laughs> it was, he actually did ask, he said, so do you want to continue the pregnancy? And we were both like, of course we want to have yeah. this child, but he said, it's going to, there's going to be problems, you know, and that was ultimately he was correct. There were a lot of medical problems as a result, but never once thought of any way that we didn't make the right decision. So no, all life is precious. Um, so, oh, that's beautiful. Thanks. I'm glad to hear that. That's, that's, that's wonderful. How old is that child now, by the way? Yeah, time has gone by. So he's 15 now. And, okay. uh, oh, and so I've got a 15 year old. Uh, yes. And so um, it's been it's been an interesting it's been an interesting journey. And I really come to appreciate the um, this particular disability is one that brought with it a lot of blessings. And at first, I didn't see that the first couple of years, but I've really come to appreciate that uh, our Lord was really giving me an armor of humility because um, ultimately he would ask me to do this, this particular, you know, apostolate. I didn't know that it was in my future to do. I don't, uh, but um, he gave me certain gifts and and one of them was this illness and, and that uh, forces me to 
ask for help continuously throughout the day. And so I constantly kind of keep feeling small and little and that I can't really, that anything that happens is not to my, any kind of natural abilities of my, my own. And through this whole process, the kids have been in the hands of this. So my own kids. Um, so it's been something that, uh, so the Lord gives you what you need and that's what yeah. I needed to do this. <laughs> that's one. I mean, to have that outlook, that's wonderful uh, that you can see that. Oh, wow. Wow. Thank it's a it's a it's a powerful story. Um, sorry. So you were in front of uh, um, the parish priest, and... right? So he was asking for help from all of us because our collection from our church was very low, and he was concerned that our church might have to merge, or we were di- dipping into savings always. And so in prayer, like I said, we were praying the rosary. Um, an idea came: maybe we should bring our children to pray for our church because the prayers of children are so strong. So I wrote to him and asked permission and he granted it and so on april 10th 2011 a small group of children i think maybe eight children gathered in our lower chapel to pray the rosary and some of them had disabilities like um different disabilities so we didn't ask for disabled children to come but that was what our lady brought us and so the children knelt before the altar and prayed the rosary and uh we ended up having the second highest collection that year, second only to Eastern Christmas. So our collection shot through the roof, but uh, nobody knew the children were praying about that. So it was just this like beautiful signal grace of the power of the prayers of children. And, uh, and then we just, we sort of talked amongst the parents and said, should we make this just a one-time thing? Or maybe we should make this a prayer group. And so we ended up making that a monthly prayer group that has, like I say, met without you know, without ceasing, except for when they closed the church for the pandemic. But otherwise, we were have been completely faithful to the meetings uh, since the beginning. So, wow. Okay, so that's how it started. Just a, a, a rosary in your parish, um, and you saw even that that uh, s- simple situation. But but tell us then from there, uh, how did it end up? Now I'm holding a. Um, there's you've got a little booklet on the rosary. You've got uh, CDs. There's a DVD. There's, there's all these resources. How did it get to where it is now? So tell us a bit about the journey of where it went beyond your parish. So for a year and a half, we just prayed as a prayer group. And I think uh, part of that was really getting a handle about what is this and mm-hmm. and its formation. And and so initially, obviously, we met to help our, our parish. But then it really, the focus crystallized to supporting the prayer lives of the children and so helping them to be to grow in holiness and that's really been the focus of the children's rosary and so we've kept the focus really razor um there's been a lot of times throughout this where people have wanted to add things to it but we've always kept it very very simple in its mission Mm -hmm. and so we met for a year and a half we actually said many novenas to different saints actually ultimately it would be over 850 830 different saints, we prayed a nine-day novena, asking that the children's rosary would be the extended hands of Mary and Jesus in this world, and that we would help to renew family prayer. And uh, not that the children's rosary meets in parishes, schools, and orphanages now, uh, not in homes, but we always recognize the importance of family prayer, even from the very beginning. But um, so I just like, I like to think that saint after saint would just approach our Lord and and our Lord would say, you know, what do you what do you bring? What intention? These children want to be your extended hands and that of your mother. And 
they just kept coming more and more. We just kept praying and praying, use us. What do you want us to do? And, and then after a year and a half on the feast of the Our Lady of the Holy Rosary on October 7th, another group formed on the other side of the United States, almost kind of indicating this year we were going to spread across the United States. And, and then indeed we did um, just in a grassroots way. Um, one person would talk to another person and, and uh, say, Hey, you know, we, we're doing this in our parish. You should do it in yours. And then we had, I think a, a group um, in Timor-Leste was, I think our first international group. And then we had one in Kenya and then it just, again, um, Kenya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then in Kenya. So it's, it, uh, it just, it spread. And now, like, as I mentioned to you, uh, it just, um, it initially was all person to person and we did get the support of our own local arch archbishop very soon. See the little book you saw that explains um, how to start a children's rosary. He granted an imprimatur and he wrote um, the introduction. But uh, so we always had the support of our local archbishop, yeah. which was, yeah, which was great. And then um, we've really, over the last several years, just so many church leaders have come out and supported this. So Cardinal Sarah had a beautiful endorsement where he's, you know, he recognizing the different locations we've been to and, and, putting his full support behind it. Cardinal Burke, um, we were visiting with him in Rome this summer and he recorded a, an endorsement video of the, the children's rosary. Um, but just bishops, you know, all over, uh, Bishop Keenan, um, we stayed with in Scotland for five days this summer and he's helping to introduce that into his, um, his diocese. Um, and then we were just in Barbados a week and a half ago and I met with the bishop there. Yeah. He recorded an endorsement and he's enrolling it out in his, in the island of Barbados and also wow. doing um, the consecration. Uh, we have a consecration book too um, that he's going to be using in his uh, for himself and his diocese. So there's just been a, a sort of tremendous support from the church leadership, which has been really special uh, to have that. Um, we also received a papal blessing on the 10th anniversary from Pope Francis for the apostolate. And so, um, and we were able to go to Rome this summer and uh, represent. We're just a handful of apostolates around the world. We're allowed to be um, present and represent. Uh, be represented at the World Meeting of Families. Um, it was just the bishops' conference delegates, and then there were some additional people allowed in. And and praise God, um, we were allowed to come in. So we were working with a lot of different people, um, different areas mm -hmm. of uh, Rome and the dicasteries and so forth. So it's it's definitely. Uh, universal at this how, point how, that's a phenomenal um we're talking so you've had 10 years has this been 10 years did you say or yeah just it, 11 actually but yeah 11 wow um a lot's happened in 11 years um and and even through the pandemic uh what what would you say would you know uh probably would you know the number of how many rosary children rosary groups there are around the world now or is there a way well, of was, keeping track well we have a, a, a number of websites um childrensrosary.org. Um, we have a Spanish one, Rosario de Nino, Ninos, Ninos, because it doesn't have the Enya, oh, yes, .org. Yes, There's yes. A, a French site, rosariadesinfants.org, and then kinderrosencrons.com. It's the German one. Um, but that allows you to register. So we have, um, I'd have to check how many countries are registered on there. But as I was saying, you know, the last check I looked, it was 34, but we brought in a lot, a number of new countries. So I have to look that are registered. But um but then um, there are other indicators that I have of how many groups. Um, for instance, we have some instructional videos that are 
a little lengthy on how to run your first meeting and so forth in different languages. And when I kind of summarize the number of people who've participated in those, those training videos, it's closer to 20,000 people. So, you know, if you think about the potential of 20,000 children's rosary groups, um, it's it's quite, I mean, we have pictures coming in from Cuba, you know, all these families and they're projecting the instructional videos and the children gathered around. I mean, it really is, people are doing it, uh, Vietnam orphanages with the, the children all gathered and candles and um, the logos and they've made t-shirts. And so it's, it's beautiful to see the simplicity of the movement. And that's really what we've tried to protect because if you keep something very simple and orthodox, yes. you know, steeped in the traditions of the church, it becomes very attractive to people because it's something they can wrap their mind around. They can easily implement. And if you have language barriers, it can easily be explained to people, even if you don't have your materials in their local language. So the critical steps of starting a group is number one, asking permission from your priest. And if he grants it, choosing, do you want to meet weekly? Do you want to meet monthly? In some countries, they meet daily. Finding your location. Is it going to be outside in a grotto? You need to meet in a church or um, we'll allow an outpost. So in Kenya, for instance, there's outposts of parishes. And that's been a really effective way to strengthen the parish because the priest may only be able to go out to those outposts a couple of times a year. But okay. these children are meeting in their outposts weekly with their families mm -hmm. watching. And it's created this incredible as I understand, when we were in 2019 in, in East Africa, visiting the groups in Kenya, Tanzania, and Uganda, um, the testimonies I was hearing was that this was the, the parish priest saying, my parish was moving when I wasn't there. It was in the sense of these, these people were becoming stronger in their faith, and he didn't even have to be there. And there had been an inter kind of conflicts between the outposts. But once the children's rosary began, he said this peace came over all these outposts and actually new outposts wanted to start where he had to officially start new groups. So it was actually evangelizing um, in some of the schools we visited in Uganda and Kenya. We had um, children of other faiths participating in the school setting that ultimately were becoming Catholic. So I met one boy who was originally Muslim and became Catholic and wants to be a priest now. But it happened in a very gentle, very gentle way. And in, with the support of the parents. And so it was, I had always understood from the beginning that Our Lady was using this in a new evangelization. So to evangelize Catholics, they're already Catholic, but to become more fervent. Um, and, but more and more, I'm beginning to see that Our Lady had, is using this to, through evangelization as well. So it's been interesting to see um, that happening in different parts of the world. Um, yeah, wow. But it's it's so it's what I love about this is um I mean and anyone can and you know pray the rosary on their own anyone can go to their parish pray the rosary and and I imagine there are there are groups of people praying the rosary with children but um, you know this is a simple idea but these are somehow linked that is there some sort of um, uh, power I guess or some sort of way a grace that when you are all praying internationally like it's linked together there's a difference i'm trying to understand here like you know I, I pray um you know with my children or i might pray with some friends but uh if we pray in unity with each other around the world is there some uh, extra grace that someone can receive can you tell us a bit about i guess the importance of of somehow linking or 
praying for each other? Absolutely. So uh, one of the things that we ask is, well, first I should say, I didn't finish telling you the steps. Well, um, so you, you've found your time, you've found your place, and then uh, you invite families to come to meet and the children are leading the rotary, rosary. So there, okay. there's this leadership component um, where a lot of people will pray the rosary and lead children, but this is actually children leading the prayers, which creates a right. whole different environment. So there's a little bit yes. of a nuance to it that's a bit different. Um, we're not an intercessory prayer group movement in the sense that we don't say our mission is to pray for peace. That's not our mission. Our mission is to help encourage holiness in our children through prayer of the rosary. And yes, even though we don't say it's an intercessory program movement, we do humbly ask that you put a little box of intentions and um, invite the children to put their own personal intentions, but also to pray for our blessed mother's intentions, all the other members of the children's rosary and all who help the children's rosary and those uniting in prayer with, with your particular group. So we put on the website, you can register and quit your time. And then those times are reflected on the homepage. So you can see when the next groups are meeting. So you can actually unite with them. We ask the groups to pray for those who are uniting with them. So in that way, the children almost have a missionary ability because they're drawing other people to unite with them. And in addition, um, we have masses said. So on the 25th of every month, we have a mass set for all the members of the children's rosary, all who help the children's rosary. And of course, all the groups are praying for the other members. So in a sense, all day you're being covered in the prayers of the other groups and helping to sanctify those people helping the children's rosary and participating in it. So uh, indeed, it's been interesting to see as I kind of watch them, I have a science background, so I find myself kind of watching and observing a lot of things of how things unfold. And um, it seems that that our Blessed Mother will, with by breadcrumbs, so to speak, lead us into a particular area like Uganda. And we'll pick up lots and lots of new groups of many, many children in schools and and then should lead us into areas that are highly secularized, where people say it's almost desert-like. There's not a lot of, uh, I'll give an example, because most of the people in the groups will agree with me here, is that Germany is an area in the world that's particularly, you know, there's attendance is extremely low uh, to mass. I think most recently someone quoted to me that only 1% of Catholics go to Sunday mass. So it's versus, it might be 30 something in the United States. And yet we're getting new children's rosary groups forming and a lot of exciting things are happening in the children's rosary in Germany. You say, how is this possible? Is it just, this is a good idea? It's not a good, I mean, it, it's a, I mean, it's from our Lord and our lady, I believe. So in that, I think it's a good idea, but it's not something that, you know, Blythe Kaufman cooked up in her backyard and said, Hey, this is a great idea. And now it works in a place where you know, nothing else seems to be working. It's grace. And that grace comes, as you say, from when you get that many children and that many people you know, at first we had a headwind, like we were, we were trying to start groups and it just was really hard, but now the wind is in our back and we're moving. And I was just having such an exciting meeting before I came on with you with group leaders in Ireland. That's another place where everyone goes, oh, Ireland's like, what happened there? And yet I'm talking to these group leaders and it's so exciting. There's so many new groups forming and one's telling the next and new young families and people. I mean, it's, and that's happening in the UK too. And again, these are places where traditionally you'd say that's a little challenging, but that's where we're moving. And, and, uh, but that happens because we've also picked up lots of 
so many children in Pakistan for years of spreading in Pakistan, wonderful, devout children praying. And so it becomes a snowball effect, I think. And that's where um, it's it's been as a witness to this and being able to just kind of watch it. It's, it's a really a hopeful thing to see. Yeah, wow. I, I love uh, yeah the humility, uh, the simplicity, and then the power that brings, you know, when, when, when we do that. Um, and, and the way it's, it's got this international movement. Uh, can I ask, so what is, a, if, if there are people watching now and they're, they're thinking, okay, look, we, we pray, what, how do I connect or how do I, how do you become a member of this? What's the process? So if you go to childrensrosary.org, there's a number of tabs and it says, how do I start a group? So it goes through all those steps, but then you ask permission from your priest and then register your group uh, with us. So it'll ask you questions like, did you receive permission? And the reason we have you do that is that each diocese is going to have different uh, requirements for working with children and so forth. So you're by asking permission from your priest, you're sort of, um, that's helping you to know all of the steps that you need to do for your local requirements. But then once you do that, you can register. And then we have a little map and a dot will show up on the map once you've registered. And then you can put in your meetings so that they show up on the schedule of meetings so other people can see. Um, but again, you're a lot of this, you know, I, I remember um, David, you know, when they said, go and count every person in my kingdom. And, mm. and there was some, you know, thought to that that was, so there is an effort to have a sense of, of what what is going on globally, but then there's a piece of it that is left to our Lord's knowledge. And so um, as people are, are registering in groups and things like that, um, there's so much happening. But I, I do believe all of those graces are funneling to everyone who's intending to be part of this program movement. We have, you know, our um, logos and things so you can clearly identify with the prayer group movement and we do like you to use our name which is children's rosary and we have that trademarked in the united states in english spanish and um, um the supplemental register for french so um so it is a uh it's a name that normally wouldn't be allowed a trademark but because of the trademark um organization in the united states went through and said because of your global presence and because now it is a so close people now associate throughout the world this name with your movement they graded, put us on the um, principal register, which is the most protection for a name that you can have in the United States. Mm. So um, so it's taken a name that is so common uh, that you normally couldn't get a trademark and they've granted it because it's become so um, recognized throughout the world. What do you, um, it's just a phenomenal, right? yeah, how it's spread, uh, yeah, 20,000 plus groups. Um, do, do, do you... Um, connect do you keep in touch like i mean so you got this database is there um they can see themselves on the map they're praying and you can see when people are praying are there do you see any interactions between groups to, i'm wondering how that works so we have a newsletter i'm always in, inviting groups to to send me you know the updated things about new groups forming or groups mm. that are having anniversaries or things they're doing and we feature them because it as long as parents give permission, because it is inspiring to see children from different parts of the world uh, praying and that you're connecting. And uh, last year, one of our groups in Iowa in the United States um, had been doing just that, just you know, putting the little, hitting the join in prayer and their light would flash when they would meet. And um, 
And they said, but for their Catholic Schools Week for school in the United States, um, they want to do something special with another children's rosary group. So they approached me and said, is there another group we can unite with in another part of the world? And so I reached out to our group in Nigeria and the Shendem Diocese, um, which I'm working very closely with that bishop. And that diocese is, is kind of fully on board with the children's rosary, oh, also wow. doing the consecration. And um, there's a particular... Uh, catechetical institute there where they train catechists and for the last couple of years they've been training them in implementation of the children's rosary and members of these these men that train for two years are from nine different dioceses so they've been going out we send them rosaries that we send them the children's rosary book and all these so they've been going out into these parishes in the nine dioceses of nigeria with this training um, to introduce this throughout the country so it's um moving through the country uh in this way but um so I linked the two groups, one at the cathedral and Shendem, and the bishop attended, and they were able to project both sides, um, the school and the diocese. And the children were able to see, even on these big projector, the other children. And there, there were principals from the diocese that came that hadn't yet started in their school in Nigeria. And they're like, oh, they were so excited. The children in Iowa who meet monthly said, these kids are meeting tw twice a week why aren't we doing more? And so they got more excited. And so there was this kind of synergy that happened. And they said, when else would I be praying with you, with children in Nigeria and feel so connected? So it was a beautiful example of what can happen. Uh, when I was in Barbados, uh, I was praying in the cathedral and I could hear the children singing Ave Maria with such power. And they were just little mm -hmm. people like tiny. And I thought this, they're very musical. And for us, we're still on the Feast of St. Uh, Cecilia. We're a day behind you. And oh, yes. um, and I was thinking, this is a group that can really sing. And uh, they would be a great group to unite with another school or place. Or They're right next to the diocese office. So the bishop's right on hand to participate. So I think they would be, they also have a recording studio at the um, cathedral. And so I thought they would be a perfect group to school to unite with another place in the world. So I think there's particular ones that I could imagine setting up to meet with other groups. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I have to uh, think um, when you say Barbados, our good friend, we just had him in Australia and we're always doing things together. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, he's from Barbados. Oh. And uh, yeah, very powerful preacher. And um, yeah, I wonder if he, he uh, just an idea, he can connect with the children there and, and he's very powerful with the rosary and speaks highly of its power and uh yeah there's a shout out to deacon harold about just in just thinking of barbados i think of him <laughs> uh, hearing about his story but uh yeah he's uh he's based in the states but uh yeah he would be thrilled to hear about this so that's fantastic um what uh uh wanted to know so you register i mean it doesn't does it cost anything to register or you just sort of register for this so you're now linked and you're joined in prayer and now they receive grace because they're linked with these other groups around the world yes yes because we've asked the other groups to pray for the other members of the children's rosary and all who help the children's rosary so in that yeah. our lord knows the people are helping okay you're helping because you're helping to promote this so in that you receive graces um and when you register, you'll receive a registration like acceptance that we've reviewed your registration application. And now there's a whole extra section of the website that a normal person wouldn't see. So you're now entering into a, an, an additional area, a whole nother bar comes and it says resources for groups. And so you're going to have 
access to the logos. You're going to have uh, sample bulletin notices, sample flyers, um, had a re um, invitation to submit pictures, all those kind of things. So there's a lot more resources that a group leader would get than an average person who's just uh, kind of looking around a website would find. So there is an incentive to register your group. Okay. Okay. That's great. Um, you know what I love about just what you shared um, earlier and, and how, how the groups would link or no, just knowing of other groups encourages you to keep going. And I, I could just see that power of not that, that idea that we're not alone. Um, the idea that we are a universal church and that, uh, you know, you can pray the rosary on your own. Absolutely. You can, but there is a, a certain power in connecting with groups. When you pray in a community or pray in as a body of Christ, there is definitely more grace. There's, there's, there's definitely, um, uh, it's, it's more powerful when you are united. And I'm part of a sort of a, a group where we, we sort of submit every week. Uh, how, how do we go this week? You know, this purely on the rosary, there's a bunch of adults and, and all it is is just the fact that you know that there are other people praying. It reminds you, oh yes, I got to, I can't miss the, the rosary today or this week, or and I've got to make sure that um, I'm there because you sort of make each other a little bit accountable, um, and and there's a bit of a commitment there. But this children's rosary, you're now handing the responsibility now. The children are leading it. The children um, are embracing this, and then they that must be a a great way for them to grow up with this responsibility and also knowing that they're not alone because let's face it that the world has become very secular and and it's very hard to find fellow catholic um friends even in catholic schools um, but to know that there are these groups people gathering you at least can start identifying okay great we pray the rosary together on a weekly basis and not only are we uh together we're around the world there are children around the world so that gives a child um you know, strength, um, encouragement, and, and you're not alone in this. So, yeah, I I, I just uh, amazed at what you're doing there. This simple, humble idea has become such a powerful movement. Um, can I ask, uh, you also, um, consecration. There is uh, uh, the children's consecration to Our Lady. Um, and I noticed, you know, one of the intentions is to pray for Our Lady's intentions, which is rooted in consecration to Our Lady when you, when you give everything to her. Tell us a bit about that as well, that aspect of things. Oh, thank you. Um, well, some years back, I think it might have been 2017, uh, just uh, inspiration came uh, with an allegory. And I, at the time when I was thinking about this particular thing as I was contemplating it, I, I could kind of see that this could work or that Our Lady or Lord was really giving me something to work with in terms of a, of a consecration, a way that young people could understand and it's said in the garden. Uh, and so there's nothing um, modern about it. It could have been written 200 years ago. There's nothing. It's kind of more like the parables of the gospels. So from that, um, over many months and actually more than a, a couple of years of prayer, fasting, different things like that, um, the book came to fruition. Of a, It became a 33-day consecration journey, which basically has all the the, the meat that you would find in a St. Louis Democrat consecration to Jesus through Mary. So I actually prefer instead of a Marian consecration, always the name to Jesus, a consecration to Jesus through Mary, that, yes. that that's really the end point. Um, although, as you say, you're giving everything to Mary ultimately to give to her son. So, yes. um, so 
the groups, our children's rosary prayer groups, we do ask to be consecrated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Immaculate Heart of Mary at the first meeting, but that's a group consecration and, and children come and go. And that's actually one of the first steps of the meeting. Um, okay. But that's not an individual consecration. So this, what I'm describing is an individual consecration. And uh, so one of the children that was part of the children's rosary actually illustrated the book with watercolors and it's it kind of has a beatrix potter feel to it in the sense the pictures are really uh bright and beautiful really um mm -hmm. she did a beautiful job with them and so when we released this um my thought was really that this was going to be a resource for the groups um that our lady had taken them quite a long way but she wanted to help these children go further and that was my 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 suspicion as we were re releasing it, that was the purpose. And um, it indeed, it, it can be used in that way and it is being used in that way, but it seemed that the Holy Spirit also led it in another direction, which is into the hands of our shepherds, which I hadn't predicted, but ultimately happened. And the first shepherd to take it up was Bishop John Heenan of Scotland. And so he took the book and from uh, the beginning of January to February 11th of 2021, he led every night reading from the book, uh, which it has a reading, and then it also has associated prayers. And he did that for 33 days live on Facebook, and he was blown away. Now, this is a, most people consider it a mostly a Protestant part of the world, Scotland. Yes. Um, obviously, there are Catholics there, but um, it's not traditionally thought of like Ireland or something. And he was blown away by the number of people that joined him every night. So we would check about like 4,000 people, families would oh, wow. come on to, to listen. And, and the other thing that he was surprised is, is most of the time you, you start with something and then it kind of dribs and drabs. Mm. When people came on, came on to this, they didn't want to leave. And people said, I, I haven't ever finished a nine day novena. And yet I'm, you know, that they were making it through this whole process or, Somebody else wrote like at this halfway through 15 days of pure joy. And it, what he did was he took this book and he just led and he would also give a little reflection from his own life that kind of made it very personal, but he made it, he had a little candle burning. So you had that imagery of yourself being consumed by the love of our Lord and giving off that light. He had a crucifix with our lady underneath. It's a sort of embody like, okay, what are we doing? And he had always flowers. And so as we were progressing through, we all just couldn't wait to do it every night. And uh, I said to him at the end, I said, you know, you can't just leave these people. I mean, they've come a long way, but like they, they were starting, you could sense there was this kind of like, well, what's going to happen when we finish the 33 days? So he completed the journey. And I said, it would be really great if you kept praying with these people. And so praise God, since that last day, he has continued to pray a rosary every night with the, with those people. And and I should say that the, the consecration wow. takes you from the first week where you pray an Our Father, Hail Mary, and a Glory Be, and an Ave Maristella. The second week is a decade. The third week is a decade in the creed. And the last 90 days, it's a rosary every day. So not only are you finding out why you would want to give everything to Jesus through Our Lady in the journey, but you're also building a prayer life. So by the end, you're praying a rosary every day. Mm -hmm. And so for these people who kind of pick up onto it, and that's really... The experience we had in, in Scotland, I then started to realize why Our Lady had the children's rosary formed before the consecration. Because these people who come through a consecration, they really need a support afterwards. And so these kids are immediately right able to go into a children's rosary prayer group and just keep going. 
um, or maybe they're already in a group and this takes them further. So it's kind of almost like a circle. So now we've had my own archdiocese, my archbishop, um, Leonard Blair, he took the book up and different bishops, we have a couple of bishops in our diocese and priests and deacons each took a night and did something similar, leading it every night. Our parishes participated, our faith formation participated, and all of our schools participated. And it was something, as I understood from the superintendent of schools, sort of unprecedented that we had such a connection between all the ages of our, from the oldest to the four-year-olds, all going on a journey led by a shepherd. Mm. Our shepherds, in our case, in, in Scotland, it was one shepherd, the, the bishop. But we've um, we've had other dioceses now, many other dioceses coming on board, wanting to use the book. So the Bishop in Barbados, the Bishop in Shendam, uh, Nigeria, the Bishop in Derry, Ireland. Um, there's another Bishop in the United States. Um, well, their next fall will be using it, but another one has already used it um, in Bridgeport, Connecticut, will be using it. Um, and then uh, Malabalai City in the Philippines, uh, also using it in his diocese. So we've got multiple and I'm meeting with additional bishops and um, the Archbishop Cushley's looking into it for um, Edinburgh, Scotland and okay. other bishops. They're talking to other bishops, the um, the Cardinal Ejik uh, in um, the Netherlands just had the book translated um, through his direction. It was translated into um, Dutch and now he's promoting it in the Netherlands. Uh, and we're getting ready to release the Spanish version of the, the consecration book. And yeah. we're also working with French. Uh, Cardinal Sarah yeah. actually requested it be translated into French. Um, okay. So, wow, you got the copy of the book right there near you. Um, it it doesn't show up all that well in the because the lighting's okay. a bit odd. You here, can't but, see it, but um, it's it's got a um, what I love is it's the children have been involved in um, the artwork the um, the way the way it's presented right so i mean you've got it you've done it in a way that's uh, simple but you've also incorporated the children as part of the the process of producing these books <laughs> well in every part of this children's rosary i think i mean the fact that i've been so limited in my own use of my hands has required my own kids to pack the boxes of rosaries materials <laughs> um, carrying them by wagon because i don't drive to our our post office you know that's what we've been doing for years um, was just always almost a daily trip to the, the post office to send things out around the world. And now uh, the, a child illustrating it. Um, my son um, has been, praise God, given uh, you know, lots of gifts and languages. And so uh, he's bilingual in Spanish. So he did the primary translation into Spanish and a professional translator in Mexico has been proofing it, but um he was so intimately involved with the book and the really the, the meaning of it, that it was really a gift to be able to have somebody with that perspective contribute to the translation into to Spanish. So the decisions would be ones that, and then it's not um, simplistic uh, in the sense that it's the language is rich. So you don't mm. want to, you don't want to water the language down because you think young people will use it. You want to keep the richness of language, yes. uh, the imagery and the metaphors and all of those kind of things. Um, but, but, and, and in that it, it takes somebody who's really experienced, I think the journey to help, uh, in the translation. Very good. Very good. Um, so those, if, if, so once you read, how do you get a copy of that book, uh, the consecration book? So 
EWTN has actually been our primary distributor of, um, not that they're, uh, they own, they have ownership, but, but they, they help distribute all of our materials in the United States. They also in the United Kingdom um, uh, are distributing it. And there's actually a publisher in, in the Netherlands, but so um, we don't have a very good way of getting materials um, and they can reach out to us individually. We may be able to set up a private shipment that could go mm -hmm. to a school or a particular place. So reach out to um, the contact information for childrensrosary.org. But um, we don't actually have a good um, distribution method in Australia. So we're definitely exploring that option. Um, but oh, uh, at the moment, we're, yeah, let's let's hope. Uh, but but certainly if there is a desire, um, we we do do international shipping and uh, and that type of thing. So you can reach out to childrensrosary.org and we'll, we'll see what we can um, help. Uh, sometimes what we'll have is a particular person will want to promote things and we can send a larger amount and then they can help in local distribution, um, just even in donations or gifting or things like that sort of unofficially. Uh, so that's been one way we've, we've handled certain areas of the world. Fantastic. All right. Excellent. Well, I mean, we'll see what we can do. Let's pray those in Australia, New Zealand, um, uh, Perusia will be some sort of link here. We will do what our best uh, to do it. I know I've, um, I mean, I'm holding some books. We actually do have, you know, a handful of these. So, you know, if, if there's anyone watching this and in, in the region of Australia and you want to see these, yeah, reach out to us and happy to, to post some just so you can have a look. But uh, let, let's see what we can do, where this goes, what Our Lady is doing here and uh, consecration, uh, children's rosary. I just wanted to highlight there is also these things that you've got, uh, Christmas cards. Um, so I'm holding one. And then you've sent me sort of a box of them. So it's got the children's rosary on it. What What's going on here? So can you explain these Christmas cards? Are they are these different? I've got two packs. But, um, yeah, there's a bunch of different Christmas cards. Can you tell us a bit about, yeah, these? Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, well, actually, the... The illustrator of the consecration book also painted the ones that you're holding. So it, that's how the, the illustration idea of the book came along that I believe that's um, Abigail Ryan. And I believe at that point, she was eight, I think, when she painted that one. Um, right. And so we've again, it's all about the children being part of this. And that again, yeah, she also did that. And you can see how her, her paintings have come along so beautifully. And so every year we release a children's rosary Christmas card. And so um, those are carried by EWTN. And so what's nice is on the back of each of the cards is a little bit about the children's rosary, the fact that the purchase of it helps support, um, as we've added that in, into subsequent years, um, that a purchase of this helps the prayer group movement. And it also explains that how you can get involved, the, the contact information. So we've always seen it as a blessed mother needs open doors. and. Yes. You yourself may be prayerful, but maybe the people you send Christmas cards to may not be connected to prayer these days. And so you don't know because of the amount of prayers and the graces that are flowing through the children's prayers. When that Christmas card comes and someone opens it, turns it over, will mm -hmm. something touch a heart? You know, what will it do? And so that's in that it's just like it's not so much about the funds as much as creating this kind of open doors and, and knowledge of the prayer group movement all over the world um, with the sending of Christmas cards to people who may not be actively involved in their church. Beautiful. I mean, I love it. It's just a very simple concept. So you got the, the painting from a child and you even say cover painting done by Abigail, age 10, a member of the children's rosary. Um, the little prayer here 
Children invite you to unify prayers with them and illuminate the world in prayer. See a schedule of the meeting times and view from heaven a map um, on www.childrensrosary.org. So it's a, it's a beautiful way for someone who's thinking, oh, wow, okay, that's nice. They might not even be Catholic, but what is that? Check it out and and be amazed of yeah what children can do. And so I really commend you on that. That's yeah, Christmas cards. That, that's all available on that website if people want to get some. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the other, you know, the other thing is with like the consecration and all these things, we have the videos from Bishop Keenan that you could just watch. We have all the links so you can go through the process uh, without actually having a physical book and all the readings are, are available at childconsecration.com. So if you don't have the physical book, you can, you can actually do it or follow along with one of the bishops who've led. Uh, That's an option. And, and all the information about starting a group is on childrensrosary.org. So the books are important, but um, and each book can be a seed for a new group. So any of you're holding a handful of books, this is our most recent German version. But um, okay. yeah, it's everybody does ideally want to have like one of those books to show their priests or something. So it's good to have them. But don't let that be an obstacle. If you don't have it in your hand, you can still yeah, start. A group. Very true. I mean, I will highlight finally here. I've got uh, CDs as well. You've got the different mysteries of the Rosie, Joyful, Sorrowful, Glorious. Um, in CDs, um, and then a DVD as well. Um, so this is just, I guess it helps people pray, facilitating prayer and those who want to 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 join in and have accompanied prayer. Very good. Again, all that is is on your website, but it isn't about the, the resources as much as it is about just praying the rosary and getting the children to pray the rosary, which is I think you've inspired me today, um, Blythe. Thank you very much. And I hope it's inspired others. Well, thank you so much for having me on the program. Um, can I, uh, so just again, uh, childrensrosary.org. I do want to circle back just as we close and um, to get your, just the final, I guess, plan. Where would you like to see the Children's Rosary? I mean, it's been 11 years. What does the next 11 years look like um, to continue more groups? What would you like to see um and what what are you seeing <laughs> happening before your very eyes? The future of the children. I see a couple of areas, uh, especially when we were in Rome this summer. The the signal graces, the doors that were opening were unmistakable, and uh, a couple of areas of the world that the Lord was really get uh, bringing us was um, in the Eastern churches. So okay. uh, we're okay. looking at the Ukrainian Catholic Church, which makes a lot of sense that they particularly would need. Um, prayers to to be involved there so we're look, we're working locally with a ukrainian catholic church here but i also met the bishop in rome who for the ukrainian catholic church and we're looking into that but all of the eastern churches um as well as in the middle east so there were a lot of connections being made um for jordan lebanon iraq right uh palestine and so there are a lot of devout devout children, families in that region. And I think uh, uniting with them would be a huge, uh, it seems to me that we're being led in that in that area of the world. So we're currently, there's a priest in the Vatican working on the Arabic translation for um, the Children's Rosary book. But uh, I particularly see the Middle East as something, um, and actually an older priest that helps us here in the United States was able to just bring over uh, a box of materials um, to a priest I had met in Rome that is the pastor in Bethlehem. And so our, our immediate prayer has been that we will have a children's rosary in Bethlehem for Christmas. Wow. That's, that's a beautiful, 
intention. Let's pray for that. Um, I just, uh, yeah, he, here's what I love about this whole thing. Um, you've, you're getting the leaders. We live in a time, yeah, it's a very divided world and, and, and we're wrapping up soon, but, uh, you know, we've got division politically, we've got division, um, media, secular rise. Even in our church, there's a lot of division. Um, there could be even a lot of, um, we've got to be careful not to, you know, sometimes we can be upset with our leaders, our bishops and priests and and so forth. And and, and it, it can be very easy just to continue to blame the leaders. But this this concept here is is embracing and, and teaching our children that fraternal love for the church, which is very important. We've got to have that um, that love for the church. And um, yes, there might, whatever happens, you know, um, with division, let's get back to simplicity here. Pray the rosary and, and you'll be amazed. If they, I'm, I'm amazed. These, these leaders are embracing this. And that's only going to help encourage their faith as a leader, a bishop, but also encourage the wider church. And, and that's why I commend you. A, a simple idea is becoming a movement that's not only helping, I guess, the people praying, not only helping the children themselves, but those children are actually impacting the adults. And those adults, the children are impacting the bishops. <laughs> and so this is a great way to inspire our leadership uh, through this simple, humble way means. So, yeah, uh, uh, congratulations. I think um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed of, of, of how that's spreading and Our Lady is all behind it. So, uh, well, well done in all this and uh, we'll be praying for you from here at Perusia and um, and promoting this and uh, we'll see what we could do uh, from, from, from down under on this side of the world and, um, and to continue to promote that. And I do want to just check yourself. You're doing all this with the, your condition and, and even even more commendable. Have you, uh, I mean, health-wise, as we started the podcast a bit about, your, have you improved in any way or is it the same? What's going on with your, your, oh, your um, condition? Oh, thank you so much uh, for asking. But um, so after I went back to praying, uh, to the confession and so forth, I started to have some stability that started to return to my body. And so, um, as I said, I started to be able to walk to mass. And so I've had some, improvement in the sense that I can walk if, if it's a flat terrain uh, in my a reasonable amount of, of distance, um, I can walk better, uh, but I still am not in as much pain as I was because I had so many dislocations. So I don't have that many active, um, horrible injuries right now. So I'm in that sense, I've been much better, but the Lord has kept me at a place where I'm extremely vulnerable to uh, injury all over the place. So it's like kind of dangerous in a sense to go out because people bump into me. They think I look healthy. They want to hug me. They want to you know bump into me. Yes. So uh, I'm constantly just feeling how very fragile I am and uh, knowing where I've been and how very easily is it for me to go back to how, you know, how severely in pain I was. So that's always present to me. I know I'm only just a, an injury away from that kind of thing. So I live a bit on the edge, but in a sense, I think we all live on the edge, but we just maybe don't recognize that. So I'm just maybe a little bit more aware of how vulnerable I am, but uh, I have incredible joy and um, I don't, my prayers do not center around my health. My prayers are much more um, always interior, uh, interior improvement as opposed to physical improvement. So that's where my prayers are, um, you know, just in times I've, how things have led me uh, in my prayer life and things like that. So I'm very, very grateful. Um, and, and, uh, I know the Lord knows the best of it. So I don't, um, if, if I continue to be in this condition, 
that's probably the very best thing for me. <laughs> so oh, thank you wow. for asking. What an inspiration. Um, thank you for sharing that. And I we're praying for you that you can keep going um, and that, uh, you know, God is sort of, uh, you have enough healing that you can at least walk and get to church and, and at least do enough to um, yeah. do, do the minimum, but 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 uh, not completely healed physically because you still then rely on your children, <laughs> which are the, are the uh, I guess, the, the fuel, uh, the hands and the, and the feet of this getting things done. I'm just amazed, yeah. So we'll be thinking of you. It's um, yeah, I think the Lord, and I found with the consecration, it's this, it's the Lord just keeps drawing you to a greater simplicity, confidence, and trust. Yeah. And that's what that consecration journey is. And that's also, I think, where Our Lady leads us to is this just great simplicity. And um, when you have, you know, that in your life, it, it's, it's a great comfort uh, in sort yeah. of all of the stuff that's happening around us. I think that's way above my pay grade. I just need to look at our Lord and stay focused on him. And all of that is just kind of noise right now for me. Mm -hmm. And right now I have to stay incredibly simple. And then what is the Lord putting in front of me in terms of my duties? And what can I, is he calling me to do in terms of this work and prayer and things like that? So that's, uh, that's helped me in this very uncertain time um, to kind of navigate things. Wow. Wow. Beautiful. I want to thank you, Bly. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for sharing. Um, uh, thanks for all the work you're doing, and uh, and and please know of our prayers from here. Um, we'll be in touch. We'll we'll keep in touch. We'll we'll, we'll do what we can from our end, and uh, and and just please be encouraged. Keep going. Uh, it's seeming to have a lot of power. So, God bless you uh, again for everyone. Uh, the children's rosary, um, childrensrosary.org, the website. If they want to get in touch with you, can, can they contact you? If, if people want to contact you, is it do they go through that website? Yes. Um. Yeah. You can also email me at. Blythe uh, at children's um, childrensrosary.org. So B L Y T H E at childrensrosary.org. So if you want to even email me directly, that's fine too. Fantastic. All right. All right. Thank you. Well, we are out of time. God bless you, Blythe. And thanks everyone for watching and, and listening. I hope you've been encouraged as I have. Um, even if it's simply just right now, you've listened, you've heard, if you've been inspired, pray the rosary. Um, and then uh, not just pray the rosary, but try pray the rosary with your children. And not just pray the rosary with your children, try let your children lead the rosary. And then maybe think about registering and connecting with others around the world. So what an inspiration. Thanks again. That's another Perusia podcast. I, uh, it's, uh, I want you to pray for, for Blythe, Children's Rosary, and everything we're doing at Perusia. Um, again, all our podcasts and articles are on our website, perusiamedia.com. And until next time, have a blessed week. Mm -hmm.